This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 and here we are again. It's Monday, 2 till 4, Jackie Groundsell with 1230 Business Beat Radio Show. So, how was your weekend? Lots of fireworks? I didn't, I must admit, I'm not, I'm not a great lover of bangs, so that's not too good for me, is it? Um, <laughs> so, pens and paper ready. Rustling around here, lots of noise with the paper going. Um, so, some dates for you. So, have your paper, pens and papers handy. Tomorrow, we've got the Sidcup and Bexley meeting. Oh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, um, and welcome to my regular listeners, but for those of you who are new, 12.30 is lunchtime networking for business women. And we have regular meetings on a monthly basis in various locations. One of which is tomorrow in Bexley in the lovely Ferraris restaurant with hosts Siobhan, Eden and Tina Brown. So that's tomorrow at 12.30. If you haven't booked already, do grab the opportunity. Excuse me. Um, do, do grab the opportunity to get yourselves booked in there and to meet everyone. Then on the 9th, I'm actually in Greenwich, in West Greenwich Library, with Jay um, at, and Startup Greenwich. So I'm running a networking workshop, so do come and join me on there. So have a look at their website. They are Startup Greenwich in the West Greenwich Library. And the following day, it's a manic week this week, and the following day on the 10th of November is the Thunit meeting. So again, book in there. Cat Webb is the host. Cat's got a, a brilliant venue that you've heard me talk about before, which is B&B. And if you go in there, you can have a shower with David Bowie. Those of you who might remember David Bowie, those of you who don't, look him up. Um, so that's on the 10th. On the 16th of November is the Bromley meeting because we are here based in Beckenham 1230 TWC is based in Beckenham and the radio station Love to Beat Radio is based in Penge in the High Street over the Barbers but on, on the 16th of November we've got the lovely Jenny Harum who is delivering a workshop for us on vision boards and that will be that is a free workshop and then that's followed at half past 12 by the meeting and we're in Keket Kitchens fabulous there that's the Turkish restaurant which is near the old Bromley Cinema. Now we've got a new group to launch in East Dulwich on the 22nd of November and the host is Dana Chapman and Dana I'm delighted to say is my in-studio host today. Um, and so we will be catching up and finding out some more about her in a moment. And if I can grab five seconds, I will get tuned in so that Winnie, who uh, is um, a, a lawyer and uh, it, oh, lost all my words today. I think I better go out and come back in again. Deep breathing, I think, is the answer. I think that's what Don was saying. And breathe. And breathe. Okay, so I've got two guests today. I'll tell you both about them in a moment. Um, one in the studio and one's actually zooming in. Winnie will be zooming in. 
And we are here every Monday, 2 till 4. Following me at 4 o'clock is the fabulous Ozzy Osmond, who has his own delivery of indie rock. So do stay tuned after me at 4 o'clock. And another date for you is the 6th of December. We've got our Christmas party, which is going to be in the Boozy Tea Room. Those of you who don't, don't drink, don't worry about that bit. But it's at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square. So there'll be details and booking for that soon. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello and hello to all the listeners. I am Dana Chapman. I am a nutritional therapist. I live in East Dulwich, so not far from here, but actually I'm conducting consultations at the moment all online. So it doesn't really matter where anyone is located, I can speak to them. Some people may pick up a little bit of an accent and that accent is from Zimbabwe. So not many people can pick the accent out. Some people might say South Africa, some people might say Australia, but actually it is Zimbabwe which is in Africa, for those who don't know. So, so Zimbabwe's got a particular accent, has it? It's from other locations in... It does. I suppose it's almost, you can say, the same as the differences in, in accent between north and south of England. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it, really? Yes. I mean, that's sort of logical when you think about it. A lot, uh, um, I, I can remember getting in, I was doing some IT training in Newcastle, got in a lift there, and this guy spoke exactly how the TV people from Newcastle speak. <laughs> and I thought it was an exaggeration but no it's well. very strong it's a very strong accent and my next door neighbor when i did some training in um, glasgow he said to me oh you'll have real fun with the accents what do you mean? so i said oh, what do you mean and actually everybody in that training room was from a different part of scotland well wow. um and logically of course there will be different accents re- related to you know where they are and and uh, um some are harder and some are softer, aren't they, mm. in that sense? Mm. So tell me, a nutritional therapist, what actually is that? It might be easier to start off with what it is not. Okay. A lot of people, when I say I'm a nutritional therapist, think, ah, you're going to tell me what to eat. And in some ways, the answer to that is yes, but mostly no, I don't just talk about food and the impact that food has on our bodies. As a nutritional therapist, I try and understand what is going on in somebody's body. We all have about 11 systems in our body, and all of these systems work in tandem with each other. And when one of these systems is out of balance, then somebody can start to show some signs or symptoms. So nutritional therapy is all about identifying what is the root cause of somebody's symptoms. So if it's gut health related, what is causing the gas and bloating? If it is hormone related, what is causing the hormone imbalance? If it is headache related, what is causing a person to experience headaches? And it's trying to identify those imbalances within the body that show up as symptoms and trying to re-correct those systems of the body. 
So in recorrecting the systems of the body, I like to speak to people about are they getting enough nutrients in their diet to support the processes that the body needs to perform? And that's really the underlying thing because lots of people know about calories and calorie restriction, but not many people focus on what is beneficial, what does my body need, what nutrients does my body need to support it to perform the processes it needs to perform. So in that way I talk about food, but it's also not just about food. If you have stress in your environment, your digestive system shuts down and you don't absorb the nutrients from your food. So stress has a role to play in how you feel as well. So I often talk to people about stress. Then I'll talk to people about movement because you all know movement and exercise is very important for our health and definitely has a role to play there as well. And I also speak about sleep because if we're not sleeping well, again, the processes in the body don't work efficiently and effectively and we may therefore show up with some signs and symptoms. So is there um, a good balance of number of hours for people to sleep or okay how many hours should we sleep mm -hmm. at night we all know the answer to that we, we'd like to think that we don't know the answer or we don't want to know the answer but it's somewhere between seven and nine so some people actually need more than eight hours some people can cope on a little bit less but the percentage of the population that can cope on less than seven hours a night is very very small so what about this catnapping that Margaret Thatcher was purported to do, you know, sleep for 20 minutes and work for an hour or whatever? Mm. What about that process? Does that work or does that really scramble you? No, so catnapping has actually been proven to be beneficial. It has been proven to help um, re-energize somebody. And as long as it's no longer than 10 or 20 minutes, then you're not affecting your sleep at night. Oh, right. Okay. So, I, I mean, I know with, with my children when they were little, one of them in particular, if he had a, actually had a sleep in the afternoon when he was a toddler, he wouldn't sleep at night. Mm. Um, so, that sort of throws it out. So, no more than 20 minutes, did you say? Yes, but this is talking about adults. Not yes, adults. sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from business women on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio And welcome back in the studio and I now have my next guest Winnie who is online and raring to go Are you there Winnie? Hi, hello. <laughs> Winnie, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes. Um, my name's Winnie Onyekwe, and I'm a commercial workplace and community mediator. Ah, so, uh, I, I mean, I, I know that you come to our Bromley meetings, Winnie, but whereabouts actually are you based, and how do you deliver what you do you need to expand on us in a moment what a, a mediator actually is please yeah yeah well i'm based in a bridge but i work right through the whole of the country in terms of um mediation can actually go online so i do have clients um 
in Glasgow as well as down in the southeast. So yeah, um, wherever it takes me, I'm there, particularly with um, online facilities. And, and so did, they, did uh, the online facilities for you um, grow with the pandemic or, or was, was that all in place for you already? Well, it wasn't in place prior to that time. I think it was just a sort of like a, a shift that we had to adapt with. Um, prior to that time, um, we used to really see the clients face to face. And um, most of it was actually done face to face. Um, if we had a telephone mediation, that would be very short. Um, but uh, since um, the onset of COVID, I think like a lot of um, professional work, um, we have actually moved into the dimensions of online and it's, it's been absolutely marvellous, which is great. So it can actually sort of take us beyond certain borders. Yeah, so, so in fact it, it sort of did you a favour, didn't it? It's a bit of a double-edged sword, all this. So, yeah, it so, has, it has, yeah. So yeah. expand on us, please, if you would. A mediator, what, so what, how did you get, okay, so first of all, if you could tell us what you do as a mediator, what, how does that work? Well, as a mediator, my role, um, I usually, what happens is that um, I normally take clients through a journey, particularly if they have issues that are likely to be um, moving into the realms of uh, the legal territory um, before it actually hits the courts. Or it may be the case that it's been referred to out of court. Um, but my role, what I normally do, my, I, I allow the client to actually sort of like go through a journey and really it's, I ask the question, what's stopping them from sleeping at night, effectively. And I guide, guide them through a route that allows them to obviously work, that we can work through, and we focus on the issue at hand, particularly if it's sort of like um, conflict between two parties, two or more parties. And then we work on what their reality is and how it's actually impacting on them and then from there, we try and sort of like get solutions resolved uh, between the two sides. They come together around the table. And this is at the point, once they've come around the table, essentially, we're in the position to now bring everybody's guard down and uh, the, the parties are willing to actually hear each other in that space. And so um, we create solutions. They, they, the solutions are created by themselves, and really, sort of, we manage their expectations to sort of like make sure that those agreements at the end of the day are practical as well as uh, sustainable. So that's what a mediator actually does. That's my job. So is it actually is one of the challenges actually to get them there in the first place? Are there, are they always willing parties, or how does that work? Not necessarily willing, not necessarily willing, but a lot of times you actually have a party that's, uh, who, who wants to actually come to mediation and then the other side is quite reluctant to do so. But eventually when we are in that place for them to actually come to mediation, because it is a voluntary process, 
Mm. And we're not in the business of actually sort of like dragging them before, just like the courts, they're, they're forced to actually come to court. But mediation is not about that. Mediation is both parties voluntarily coming forward. It's not always easy, but once they're actually in the room, then the dynamics change and essentially um, they're on a, a road to uh, a better path to sort their problems out. Yeah, so um, once... I'm just trying to think with... with um, once they're actually in the room, I can, I can understand what you're saying about the dynamics actually changing. Um, so to actually get them there, if they're slightly reticent about getting there, is that something you play a role in to encourage them, or is it the other party that has to encourage them to get there? Well, um, we, we don't encourage... What happens is that they've got to actually come in the first instance. And then once they've actually had that initial conversation, then... 99% uh, of the time, they are already sort of like, it's, it's effectively half the job is done. And they are willing to actually sort of like proceed towards mediation. Um, but they've got to actually sort of take that immediate step to come through the door. Um, if you think about it, it's a bit like, you know, somebody that has an, an issue, a health issue. Yeah. Um, you can always advise them, go to a doctor, go to a doctor. But the work doesn't start until that person steps inside the doctor's consultation room. And then, you know, you're bringing everything together. And then you start that journey. So how did you get involved in that? Because that's quite a specialist area, isn't it? Um, what, what's your career path been? My career path has been, uh, for the last 30 years, I've actually been a solicitor in family practice. And uh, it wasn't until just before the pandemic, it was a case there were certain situations that arose where um, I, I could see that when you're actually in litigation, um, you're actually acting for the client, it becomes quite polarised in terms of you've got client A on this side and you've got client B on the other side. You're acting for client A or client B and it becomes quite protracted. The job, it finishes, of, of course, when you are, have actually sort of like gone to court, you've got the court order. But what I realized throughout the whole period that I had been in practice, particularly in family, um, you would find that there's still unfinished business um, yes, um, your client would actually get the court order, but it's a bit like an iceberg. You've actually dealt with the bit that you can see at the top of the ocean, but the underlying problems are still deep within the parties underneath. So um, I found that generally clients would walk away but there were still underlying issues and the relationship building couldn't actually get back on track. So um, mediation was a way forward for that to actually sort of like have that relationship building post um, mediation to actually sort of like make sure that um, the parties are not in that bad place again, um, even though they do get what they want. Um, but uh, it's, it's basically there's a respect coming out of the door, effectively. 
So is it always post the court case or do you do, you do some before the court case or how does that work? Most of the cases arrive before it goes to the court. Mm. Uh, and uh, sometimes you do actually have uh, clients actually who started inside the court and the court refers them to mediation. So they will, before they go to trial, will say, right, look for an independent mediator, say, here I am, and then we try and sort of like work with um, whatever they have on the table to prevent them going forward towards trial because that's the whole point. The court doesn't really want to see them again. Right. And it, it becomes quite stressful and everything else that flows from it. So once mediation has actually sort of tackled everything in its entirety, then there's no need to actually go back to court. Um, uh, if the parties haven't actually come from court, then a lot of people uh, instruct us um, just sort of like, you know, if, if they're having difficulties at work, if there's a neighbour dispute of some sort, um, and for reasons it wouldn't be the best thing to do to go to court. Well, plus the fact, I would imagine it's much more costly, isn't it? Yeah, um, the cost savings um, are far, far more than what you expect. Mm. Um, you know, if you, if you do go to court and it's processed through the courts and the trial, um, anything, you can work out the ratio. The ratio could be four to one, essentially. So um, a mediation is a, is a good thing to actually sort of like have. Uh, to make sure that there are there are a tremendous amount of cost savings uh, where uh, a potential litigation may be on the horizon. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's um, I can see logically it's it's a really beneficial process, isn't it? To, for, oh, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we do the success rates as you know, um, data is out there. Success rate is anything from 89% to 95%. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really mm. good, isn't it? Mm. And and do you have a cross-section of clients? You mentioned about neighbours and, um, and families and um, other sort of clients, but do, do you have a particular focus on um, um, neighbourly things or is it just ad hoc in terms of how the cases come up? Yeah, we have a cross-section. Um, we've got um, uh, workplace, so if people are having difficulties in the workplace, um, we can have referrals from... Uh, uh, the individual can actually come as well if they have an issue, um, you know, for bullying, harassment, grievance procedures. Um, we have, uh, if you have a... You've just mentioned, if it's a neighbourly problem, um, over the garden fence, you know, overhanging tree, anything from uh, contractual work on the property, um, all sorts of issues in relation to uh, domestic matters, um, harassment, neighbour harassment, uh, noise, noise pollution. So uh, we get those type of things that actually come through the, the door. And then we do community mediation as well. So we, we do, um, the, there's some voluntary work that I do, and uh, the community mediation relates to uh, helping out with housing association issues and uh, council issues. 
um, low-level disputes. So across the board, as, and commercial as well. So when it's commercial, directors, as, as uh, currently have a director's dispute going on at the moment, um, and uh, anything to do with trade, anything to do with um, matters relating to insolvency, uh, we're there to actually assist in terms of mediation. Gosh, it is, it is varied, isn't it? It's hugely varied. It's quite varied, yes. Yeah. Which, are there any sort of ones that you lean towards where you think, oh, I wish I could get a case because um, they're usually a bit juicy? I don't know. Do you have any juicy cases? Well, there was one that actually sort of like came up. I think it uh, was on our doorstep, uh, I think, early in the year. And uh, it's an odd one. It was a partnership. Um, problem and it was not the firm of architects and they were going to they had an old family friend that actually lived out in Thailand and that old family friend effectively uh, wanted to come back to the UK because his elderly mother uh, was basically um, in a house that they, she could no longer sort of like, um, you know, it was a bit difficult, she was getting quite fragile, and he wanted to come back to the UK, uh, quite well to do, he had married out there uh, many years before, um, but the difficulty was that he had instructed the two brothers that were actually in this practice, one didn't want to actually go ahead with the instructions and the other party wanted to go, the other brother wanted to go with the instructions. The issue was that the client himself, there was difficulty in terms of the moral aspect of it because this particular client, this particular client that they had, um, had actually served time in Thailand for, which is really odd, uh, some form of abuse. And um, even though he, he was able to actually come back and he wanted them to actually work on a big project, the house that he wanted to actually build and put an attachment, a granny flat for his mother, and the the brothers were in dispute about that, whether to take on the work. Um, for, for reasons, um, they, they couldn't come together to actually try and sort of like work things out in relation to this particular project um, because of the moral aspect concerning the particular client that they had. So that was a, a really, you know, interesting one to actually work with. And, and how long did that actually take to resolve? That took about um, three days. Two and, a half, two and a half days, then the third day, we had to come back and draw up the agreements. Yeah. So how do, so, how does yeah. that, how do you sort of schedule things, if you like? So if you, so was that two and a half stroke three days continuous or what did you I mean obviously it's in everybody's interest to resolve these things as quickly as possible but how yeah. do you set aside yeah. your time for mm. I mean you sort of put a finger in the air and say right okay that's going to take two days or that'll take a month or how does it work in terms of your time scheduling well time scheduling in most of the cases we do actually get done in a day oh. um, if we go over to a second day it's a lot to do with just finish, finishing up and drawing up uh, the actual agreement. So 
what we do is say to, normally to the clients, um, it can actually finish in half a day. Mm. It will vary. But if it's a very complex case, um, we will advise that it could go beyond uh, one to two days. But most of the time, it stays within that period of one one stroke, two days for all new cases. So um, you, you can actually sort of like get a good idea. The client can actually get a good idea that they're going to be finished. If they start on a Wednesday, be finished by the Friday. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Now, what's the furthest you've ever had a client that you've needed to go to? Um, you know, including Zoom, obviously, or, or Teams, whatever you're using in that sense. What's the furthest? Yeah, physically, the furthest that I've actually had to go on online, the furthest I've had to go to is um, Scotland, right? Uh, Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, that was online. Everything was actually done online. Um, and uh, the furthest for mediation has been down to uh, the Devon coast. We had clients there, but that was pre-coronavirus. Um, yeah. So we had to physically go down yeah. and work with the clients down there in relation to a, uh, a free holding, a, a small holding, uh, a, a bit of farmland that there was actually sort of like... Um, uh, was in dispute at the time, uh, so we had to actually go and um, uh, and meet clients and have the mediation down uh, in Devon. Oh, okay. So, do you miss that? Do you, not so much the travel, but the actual different environments to see your clients, or doesn't it make any difference? It doesn't really make any difference. Um, the only difference is actually uh, in terms of. The, the environment, if you have to go and do a site visit, then that's the difference. And in this particular case for Devon, we, we had to actually just go, we had a good walk around again, around the land, which was quite nice to see. Mm. Um, uh, but a lot of times you, you, you find that um, if they have a firm of solicitors that's actually working for them, they will furnish us with the documents and the paperwork. Um, so um, we, we don't actually have to sort of like put a foot out the door for that. Um, but if there's anything that is a bit complex, a bit difficult, it's always good to actually sort of like have an idea as to what it looks like. Um, uh, we have actually managed to do work with uh, construction, um, you know, where, where you've, you've got problems with areas relating to how the property you know, where you have extensions and things. So it, it's been good to actually sort of like have a good uh, site view of that. Um, or, alternatively, we'll be furnished with the, the documents to support that. Yes, I can see. It's interesting because we've either side of us now, we've got, um, our neighbours have got extensions, for ground floor extensions. Um, mm. And I was wax. I wasn't waxing lyrical, but I was actually saying, what a pity it was that we missed the early morning sun and the, you know, the, the um, sunset. But somebody yeah. who came to visit me, actually it was Cat Webb, you know, for, for Thanet, she said, oh, she said, it's so lovely you've got your own little courtyard. And I actually hadn't even thought of it like that. Um, and and yeah. actually, it's a huge bonus. There I was thinking I was missing the sun at either end of the day, but actually yeah. it gives us much more seclusion than we had before um so mm. it's quite interesting so i think you're sort of pointing out the pluses and the minuses um mm. 
Winnie, thank you so much for that overview of you. If you uh, of your well, sure. of your thing. Well, I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> you think you're going to dash off now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm here for the long haul. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, bless you. No, but we're coming up towards um, the time when we have our adverts. So what I was going to suggest was um, that if you, you've made a choice of music, um, if you'd like to tell our listeners what it is, we can play that, go into the ads, and then we'll come back to you. And I'll, and I'll bring um, Donna into the conversation as well so um, you can have a good chat between you because you mentioned about food and eating and things like that, and, she, and that's her, her bag. So your choice of music is... I can't remember, can you? Uh, so <laughs> yes, I can remember. I can remember. And um, the music is, is September yep. by Earth, Wind and Fire. And that was, ah, oh, was, was many months ago. Yeah, that was my favourite piece and yeah. still is. Any, any reason in particular or you, you just enjoy it as such? I ju I, it just sort of like makes my, you know, it, it, rock, it rocks me, yeah, when I hear it. Okay, so uh, we, you know, you could, yeah, no sitting down for that record at okay, all. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, I'll keep an eye on you in Zoom and see what you're doing. And we'll have yeah. a jig around while we do that. Catch up with you after three o'clock after the ads. We'll go straight into those. Thanks, Winnie. Catch up in a sec. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Tomorrow we've got. Bexley and Sig Cup, so do check out on the website. We are on all the W's, 1230.co.uk. And if you want to get in touch with me direct, just have a look for my name, that's Jackie Groundsell, and I'm on all the socials, as well as obviously you can contact me through the website. We've been going now for 20 years, and I've been running this radio show since the 10th of January 2022. How exciting is that? Um, and we will see now. I must have a. Um, the station is actually owned by Edmund Christie, who is a local businessman, and um, he will be having some input into and letting us all know how far we're progressing with the opportunity that he wants to give everybody with a DAB radio station. So um, do tune in to the radio station. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes For and from business women On all the socials www.1230.co.uk At Love to Beat Radio How long have you been married now? Uh, I always go according to my son's age So <laughs> seven years now it's really funny, isn't it? Because my dad used to do the same, but he always used to take a year off, which was yeah. totally, totally wrong. I can assure you it was a, a year plus, but he always used to do it in reverse. Ah. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, a, it's a lovely, gentle song, and I can just visualise um, the setting, you know, for you and, and how it works. So, um, yeah, cool. So, we're back now with both of you. Winnie, can you hear us Okay. I can, yes, I can. Great. So I'm just going to ask um, Dana if she'll actually 
give us another little insight into something that she's doing. So have you got any, do you run courses or how does it work, Dana? I haven't as yet run a course, but I will be running one in January. It'll be the first group program that I'll be running. The area that I specialize in, or I'm hoping to specialize in, is mental health. But when people start to think about their mental health, they don't really think about nutritional therapy as yet. So I feel like I'm trying to break the mold and break into the market in some in an area that people don't know or at least don't believe that nutritional therapy can hold lots of uh, benefit. Hmm. Winnie, is that an area of nutritional benefit? Is that anything that you've touched on personally or business-wise? Has it come onto, onto your radar at all? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, so... Um, sorry, go on, you were going to say? No, I was, uh, the data, the mental health aspect, where, where does it sort of like work um, in, in, in your program? How does, how does that do? Yep, so when I see clients for mental health, there are three areas of the body that I normally work on. First of all, you've got to understand that mental health conditions is not simply a lack of neurotransmitters, which is what we've been led to believe for so many years. You go to the doctor because you're depressed or anxious and they put you on an antidepressant, which is normally an SSRI, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, because they believed that it was a chemical imbalance within the brain. But we now know that it is a lot bigger than that. It's a lot broader and a lot wider. So I often will work on gut health and I'll speak to people specifically about their gut health because of the connection between the brain and the gut. I often will talk to people about inflammation because we know people with mental health conditions have raised inflammatory markers in their blood. And I will speak to people about stress because stress depletes certain nutrients that are necessary for creating your neurotransmitters, so your happy hormones, and stress has an impact on the gut health on gut health. So I often talk about that triad stress, um, gut health, and inflammation. So in my program, what I'll be doing is talking people through all those three elements and talking about what foods and nutrients are necessary a to be able to create your neurotransmitters because i think we all sit here thinking that our bodies work by magic but they don't they work in processes and for those processes to work we need vitamins and minerals so i talk to them about what nutrients are necessary for creating those neurotransmitters so your happy hormones i talk to people about gut health because the gut is very important for creating our neurotransmitters as well. GABA, which is our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, is made in the gut, and 95% of our serotonin is made in the gut as well. So I will be speaking to people about uh, gut health, and then inflammation is the other big key element. And there's foods that are very inflammatory in the body, and then there's foods that are very anti-inflammatory for the body, and our diet these days is much more pro-inflammatory than it is anti-inflammatory so lots of people walking around do have more of a pro-inflammatory state to start off with mm. and, and <coughs> i know that the government had a little bit of a flash about um 
keeping an eye on children's foods and not having buy one get one free mm. for junk food and and that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, I was horrified when I went into a senior school. And this was some years ago, but I went into senior school and found that they'd got a drinks machine there, and of course there was Coca Cola, etc., etc. Well, you know, I mean, I was a big Coca Cola addict at once upon a time, mm. um, but then I discovered that caffeine actually did wasn't wasn't very good, so I stay clear of the caffeine now. Um, but you know what's actually happening? In, where do you actually start sharing this expertise of yours? Because obviously it's extremely valuable, and I um, mm. totally understand about the gut thing. Mm. Just thinking from a personal point of view, and thinking about the family and and, and um, how that all works. So, how do you spread the word, if you like? So at the moment I've been doing it on social media and just trying to share the message both on Instagram and LinkedIn. I often will run workshops or webinars to talk about a specific area of the body and what's necessary to help support that area of the body. I've also been on a number of podcasts over the last year. I'm still a fairly new business so I only really got started last year September. So I've just been going for just over a year, but those are the main ways that I like to share information. I have held a few in-person uh, workshops as well, and I'd love to do more of those if somebody has a venue for me. <laughs> yeah, venues are an absolute nightmare, or at least, you know, vet, try to find the right venue for you. Um, how do people currently find you, Dana? Mainly it is through networking. Uh, it's only really people only really understand what nutritional therapy is if they've heard a nutritional therapist speak like I said when I came onto the radio not many people know what nutritional therapy is and have the misconception that it's oh she's just going to tell me what to eat um, so it's normally through a networking event where I have been able to speak or one of my events that I've hosted and somebody has heard me speak about what nutritional therapy is that they then want to work further with me <coughs> excuse me sorry then do you have a website i do have a website and um, all the w's and uh, dc so that's delta charlie hyphen nutrition dot co dot uk so it's your initials <coughs> and then nutrition etc so yes very good on getting the Delta Charlie. I can never remember those. I'd be going dog and cat. So sort of. And and you and you've got um, social media as well. People will be able to find you as well on there, won't yes. they? So I'm D Chappers Nutri on Instagram. So those are the two main platforms that I um, and LinkedIn are the mm. two main platforms that I operate on. Mm. Oh, that's good to know. We'll, we'll ask you for that again later on so that in case anybody would dare not to sit here listening to this program and not have a pen and paper handy. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. We'll come back to you in a second. So, Winnie, how do people get hold of you? Um, people can get hold of me on LinkedIn and uh, through my website as well. What's your website Which, address? And the website is Concilium resolution.co.uk Excellent. So, and, and if you'd like to repeat that for us? Concilium, which is Charlie Oscar November Charlie Indigo 
Umbrella, Indigo, Umbrella, Mama. I am so impressed. I've set a precedent. Uh, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have? Dispute resolution. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Oh, no, that's really good. And, of course, if anybody yeah. isn't um, able to get that down for whatever reason, always with my guests, please do come back to me, Jackie Groundsell, and um, I can always put you in touch with my super guests. We've got next week, we've got at my what I call my menopausal gang. If anybody can come up with a more refined title for my specialists who come together on a fairly regular basis and talk about the menopause in all shapes and forms and guises, if you can come up with a a, a nice title for my specialist ladies, um, do let me know because all I can come up with is menopause gang. Um, I said the other day that the way to overcome the energy crisis is and i think this is a a really good thought is to get half a dozen menopausal ladies together and you will have sorted out your heat and energy (laughs) problems um most definitely yeah (laughs) (laughs) i went to an event in Cup a couple of weeks ago and there must have been truly five ladies as I was talking to them they were all of a similar sort of age standing there waving their hands um, because that that was their problem but um, you know it, it's it's a really interesting subject I think because so much is another misconception about all that as well and I think companies are recognizing that they need to think about the environment for women of a certain age um, so that they are comfortable and they can deliver without over-egging things. I mean, it's just a consideration, isn't it, to think about that. So they, w- next week will be um, Adele Martin will be there, uh, uh, who concentrates more on the corporate side of things and how that w- impacts. I'm hoping that Fiona Catchpole will be able to join us. Um, she's got a slightly different schedule at the moment, so she's not too sure whether she can. Um, and Pam Ford, our comedian, has yet to be able to join us as in the menopausal gown. She did join us last week with her comedy umbrella over her head. And, of course, there's um, Ailsa Petchley, who will also be joining us as well. And she's another lady who focuses... I think they all do in some shape or form focus on the health side of things and exercise and nutrition. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're people that you need to have a mm-hmm. conversation with as well, Dana, mm-hmm. um, to, to uh, spread the word, I think. Um, certainly in my day, there was that report about, um, about menopause and the fact that HRT was absolutely and you didn't want to go on it and all the rest of it and I remember going to my doctors about something incidental I didn't even think it was about the menopause Um, and um, she said I don't want to put you on HRT and I said well I'm quite happy not to go on HRT thank you very much Um, but you know it it changes doesn't it I sort of tend to think with sort of some health issues that I've currently got would it have made any difference if I've gone gone on HRT in that transient time HRT has changed hugely Mm. I mean I think it would have been a tablet that I would have had or a capsule maybe Mm. now you get patches Mm. with with different strengths of um, 
the uh, of different hormones as well. Exactly, yes. exactly. There's much more. Um, is that something you get involved with at all? Yes, actually, I ran a menopause and perimenopause workshop about um, I say about a month ago, but it was actually in September. Mm. And yes, it's about understanding what's happening in the in menopause as well as in perimenopause because a lot of people, I think, these days, because of menopause and perimenopause and the way those two terms have been banded about, women of late 30s to 40s are starting to think, oh, am I perimenopausal? But really, they need to understand, are they perimenopausal or are they, or are they hormones? imbalanced which can also be the case but if you are of menopausal age or perimenopausal age then yes definitely it can be because of that and uh, like everything HRT is not going to be one size fits all no different forms no. of HRT are different for different people so I think really get an understanding of what your symptoms are and therefore what treatment protocol you need to go on and you don't necessarily have to go on HRT either there are a lot of nutritional supplements that are beneficial for many of the hormonal symptoms so a lot of herbs have been used for things like hot flushes um, so that's an option as well especially if you are struggling to get HRT through your GP because a lot of GPs just like to send you away because they're not uh, they don't research menopause enough no, and um, from what I can gather, it's also a cost issue as well. They'd rather give you an antidepressant than actually look at wow. those things that you've just expanded on. Yeah, yeah. And most of them don't even do a blood test. So before yeah. putting you on HRT, they don't do the standard blood panel to check what your hormones are and therefore what the correct treatment protocol is. Mm, interesting. Is this something that um, you want to join in the conversation, Winnie, or are you going to keep quiet? Oh, oh, no, no, I was just going to say to Dana, I think now um, in the medical schools, because I've got a couple of cousins that are doing medicine, um, uh, the, the, sorry, nieces and nephews are doing medicine, and now the, the whole ethos is actually, actually changing in terms of how they, you know, learn about things like this, mm -hmm. and so it has actually shifted, but that's a... That's the current generation, but the present generation of GPs and, and the consultants are different, but the present generation of GPs, they need to get more training, as, as, as you've alluded to, you know, in terms of understanding those particular areas relating to um, different aspects of menopause and women's health. And I think that's coming up, not in leaps and bounds, but it's gradually that awareness is actually being circulated within the health profession. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the generation that's coming through the medical schools, I think they're going to be much more enlightened and much more quick to deal with these, these new areas that we're talking about. Old areas for us, but new areas for them. Indeed. Yeah. I think it's fascinating and such good news that that's happening. And I think yeah. just... I mean, we place so much on doctors don't we but really in mm. the past what doctors have been trained to do is to diagnose and to treat yeah. and therefore if they can't diagnose they can't treat and so a big portion of the population are sent away whether it's mm. menopause or anything else related 
because they don't have a specific diagnosis and therefore yeah. they can't be treated. So a lot of people are going yeah. away thinking, oh, well, it's just me, it's just in my head. Um, yeah. What's wrong with me that I don't feel well and the GP tells me that there's nothing wrong with me. And I think mm. those people must just look further afield because it's not really the GP's do job to make sure everybody has optimal health. And that's an area that yeah. I help with. It's about optimizing your health. Not only is there an absence of a disease. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. Where, what areas are you looking for to be able to hold your courses that you'd like to run? These are in-person ones, I presume, rather than online. No, the, so it's a six-week online course, mm. and that will be specifically related to mental health. But in the back of my mind, what I'm hoping to also run is something along the lines of diagnosis of high cholesterol, high blood pressure and heading towards type 2 diabetes because we see a lot of the population post 40 starting to see signs of that on their blood tests but don't really know what to do to get them under control. So for example things like high cholesterol you're told to not eat eggs and not eat butter which be, would be the complete opposite to what I would be recommending. Oh, interesting. Mm. So why is that? Well, because what happens when you have high cholesterol often is that A, you're not having enough omega-3 in your diet because of the way that your HDL and LDL cholesterol works. So one, it's about upping omega-3 intake to help reduce your cholesterol levels and omega-3 is a fat. And often people have high cholesterol because they have too much carbohydrates in their diet and it's the carbohydrates that push up the cholesterol rather than fat in your diet that pushes up cholesterol so by reducing carbohydrate intake and almost increasing your fat intake your body then uses up the fat that you've got because we need to also know our hormones are made from cholesterol so by going on a statin and taking your cholesterol away especially if you are postmenopausal you're taking away the fuel source to make your hormones. Mm. It's, inter it's interesting, Diana, that you say that. Um, this is the science, but yeah. it's, it's out there. Yeah. But the difficulty what you have is that governments and, and, and the politicians are being constantly lobbied by those people who have money. The commercial entities where it is actually in their preferred um you know yep. way to sort of like lobby hard and get their commodities across the line which are the wrong sorts of things that you're talking the things that you're talking about um so if it's the high fatty foods etc etc that's what's actually dominating the market at the moment is because the big industry guns are actually allowing this to happen and forcing it lobbying it through um, and, and, and Parliament just sustains it, which is unfortunate. Yes. Um, and then people like you come along and you actually say, well, the science says this. <laughs> but unfortunately, you only come in on a fraction on the level. They're aware of you, but they, they hold back, yes. which, is, which is a real shame. It, it is. And at the moment, we're faced with a cost of living crisis, right? And yes. what are the... Yes or cheaper 
foods. Yeah. You go to the grocery yeah. store, you're filling your basket with things like pasta and rice because yeah. it's really cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, 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 I'm a volunteer at the food bank and what's there is the pasta and the rice yeah. and tins of beans. Yeah. Bulk, isn't it? It's bulk. It's bulk. It's bulk. And TNT. Although, unfortunately, with, with um, the, the food bank, they can't actually have uh, uh, perishable goods yep. for obvious reasons. Yep. But there are other things that they can have, like the oils you were talking about. Mm. I don't see that there. Mm. Yeah? Mm. So just, you know, there's certain things that they could push through, but I don't mm. see that in the food bank. What I do see are the foods that... Um, Everybody's telling you, you you should really avoid at the end of the day. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because with my mum and dad, they would have had butter mm -hmm. and, dog. and cream. Yeah. And cream. And uh, cream. Yeah. Uh, desserts in moderation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had um, a gut infection last year where a friend of mine who. No, purports to know about these things um, said that I should be using unpasteurized butter mm -hmm. would, you agree, would you go with that idea? I use it myself yes because the pasteurization process removes all the bacteria and that's one of the reasons why we're in such a dire state at the moment is because we're killing off the bacteria in our gut slowly but surely because we eat the same foods week in week out we don't have the variety that we should have. We don't have enough fiber in our diets, and it's fiber that feeds the gut microbiome as well. Mm. So unpasteurized butter will be from unpasteurized milk, which means it's still got some form of bacteria in there. It's just much closer to its natural state as well. I always mm. think that we should be eating foods in as close to its natural state as possible. Mm. Interesting, interesting. And... and, and do you have any of those sort of conversations with the people at the food banks, Winnie, or, or are they just interested in being able to feed their families and themselves? Um, we, 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 we are sort of quite restricted on what we can say, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, because it's already been prepared for them. But what we do actually say to them is that if there's anything that you don't like that's in there, you could always take it out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I find that um, there are certain sections of people that, like we've just had, uh, as you know, the Ukrainians that have actually come through, mm. and you know, those ones that have actually been uh, helped with families, and the Ukrainians are given the food banks, given the food bags from the food banks, and what, because they're not used to um, the tin stuff, they immediately just take it out completely, they're not interested in all the tins food because that's not what um, you know, they have, you know, from how they've actually like, led their lives, they're not tinned focused. So, you know, and um, when we have asked some questions, just generally, and they say that they, they eat lots of vegetables. Yeah. Where are the vegetables? And they have asked those questions, but we've obviously had to tell them that we're not able to, you know, um, help them in that in that area but we can signpost them to places where they can get some vegetables um, very cheaply it's interesting isn't it different countries different ways of um, um, eat yeah, yeah. Um, so do you get many Ukrainians come through your, your food bank 
or is it me? Um, we, we, we don't get that many, but we, we get, um, more recently it's actually sort of like uh, petered off, but we do get uh, the ones that have actually sort of like been here for the last six months. So they, they have priority to actually um, use the food bank for a longer period of time. Because the whole process, the, 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 the whole point of the food bank is that you don't actually become dependent on it. So yes. you try and sort of like wean customers off, clients off. Yeah. But uh, with the Ukrainians, they can actually stay on it for a little bit longer. Yeah. So we do actually see the same regular faces coming through. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, following it on television, it's, it's they've also um, got... Um, difficulty in housing and stuff haven't they in terms of that's true yeah 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 yeah. absolutely so we've sort of sorted out a few other things along the way um really just just please give us a little bit of a before we i think what we'll do is is have a bit of a recap on what both of you actually do and offer where people can find you and a bit about 12 30 as well and then we're going to go into lots of music generated by women so that would be good so really really just update us a bit on what um what your role is what's your mediator role and how does that work yeah um you can you can find me um uh in, in terms of if you have any conflict uh issues um in, in relation to your personal domestic situations. I don't do family, but um, I do areas relating to neighbourhood mediation, um, areas relating to workplace and business and, work and commercial. So um, with, uh, my, my, my role effectively is there to, if there is a dispute, if there is a conflict, um, I'm available to work with clients um, and it's a voluntary basis where they come round the table and uh, with a view to resolving their problem. And the problem is actually resolved by the clients themselves. So it's always in their hands and it's something that they take ownership with. And um, again, to sort of like move them into a place um, where they will find themselves that they're, you know, it's how, how to make them feel better. Yeah. So that's what that's what it's all about it's really about it's not about me it's about the client and it's really making their lives better that they can actually move on from any issue that they have um within the, the area of mediation it obviously sounds extremely valuable and i can understand totally why that is so yeah. valuable yeah, yeah. Just and, and Sorry. It, the whole purpose is to avoid court as well yes Yes. And it's very cost effective. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, I can see that. Yeah, and, and, and the stress levels that people go through, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, once it's actually sort of like been resolved, then it's one area that they can just pack away and they work with. Um, it, it, it's a case where the, everything is practical, very, very focused on the clients themselves and something that they can use moving forward. And it's a real reflection for themselves as well, very cathartic. Um, I, I, do, I have actually been in mediations where uh, people at the end of the day, 
they were walking out the door talking to each other, which was really, really great to see. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say to you, it must be very rewarding to see um, a satisfactory conclusion. I noticed in what you were saying, Winnie, that you said you don't do families. Is there a particular reason for that? Uh, No, because family, when I was actually uh, as a family practitioner uh, in law, I was actually referring work out to families. Um, so it wasn't an area that I wanted, if I wanted to go to mediation, I'd, it wasn't something that I wanted to continue. Right. So uh, I was interested, apart from doing family work, I also did some general work, high street work, mm. but I wanted to actually start continue and develop that within mediation. Right. So um, the family aspect is, is not an area that uh, I work with, but um, yeah, mm. uh, everything else comes through the door. Brilliant. Oh, it's really, it's really, um, I can understand how rewarding that would be to get those yeah. satisfactory conclusions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. And over to Dana, what about you? Just a, a, a brief little pricey on um, what you offer and where people might be able to get hold of you. Thank you. So nutritional therapy, anyone who is struggling with their health, especially mental health, I'd love to help. Uh, I did mention my website uh, earlier, but that's probably the best way to make initial contact. And that's all the W's dot DC hyphen nutrition dot CO dot UK. And you can find me on LinkedIn and on Instagram as well as D Chappers Nutri. Perhaps you might learn a thing or two. Perhaps you might um, want to ask a question or two. And I'm always happy to answer every question that anyone has. Fantastic. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Dana, and thank you, Winnie, for your time today. And if everybody hasn't been able to grasp all those detailed um, ways that you can actually get hold of them, of course, you can always come back to me. So we're going to go over now to some music, but I want to say thank you very much again, ladies, and see you again soon. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. So back in the studio now, again, thank you so much to Dana and to Winnie. And a reminder that when we finish up here at four o'clock, there will be Ozzy Osmond and his Indie Rock program. So do stay tuned for that. I'm Jackie Groundsell. My business is 1230 The Women's Company. And I'm here every Monday, 2 till 4, on Love to Beat radio station based here in Penge, South East London. So just a little reminder of what we've got coming up for the week. Tomorrow, we've got um, Bexley and Seacup with our lovely hosts, Siobhan Eden and Tina Brown, at the fabulous restaurant Ferraris in the village there. And on the... Um, 9th of November I will actually be at West Greenwich Library running some networking workshops so do have a look on the website Startup Greenwich and you'll find the details there 10th of November is the Thanet Stroke Birchington 1230 meeting and on the 16th of November is our Bromley meeting which we hold in Keckett Kitchens the Turkish restaurant just near to the old cinema in Bromley and this 
that particular meeting is slightly unusual because we have a workshop, a free workshop that starts at 11.30 with Jenny Hannam who is running a vision boards workshop for you and then that's obviously followed by the meeting. On the 22nd of November is the launch of the East Dunwich Group and Dana, who was here with me just now in the studio, Dana Chapman is the host of that, so do have a look on the website. And that is allws1230.co.uk and if you look under calendar, you will find the all the details there for our meetings and another one for the diary is the 6th of December is our Christmas party at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square London so I'm going to say cheerio to you now thank you so much for listening in and we'll carry on with some music Music. don't forget Ozzy Osbourne at 4 o'clock with Indie Rock this is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.